1: Welcome to the Glory of the Mass, a weekly program devoted to beautiful sacred music performed as part of the Catholic Liturgy. I'm your host, Terry Ross, and in today's program, we'll concentrate on music for the Feast of the Holy Trinity, which occurs on May 30th, Trinity Sunday. It's officially known as the Solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, which marks it as a feast day of the highest rank. Trinity Sunday falls on the first Sunday after Pentecost and celebrates the Christian doctrine of the Trinity, the three persons of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This feast has been celebrated on this day from as early as the 10th century. In the 11th century, Pope Alexander II refused petition for a special feast, arguing that such a feast was not customary in the Roman Church which daily honored the Holy Trinity with the Gloria Patri, But Alexander did not forbid the celebration where it already existed, and in the 14th century, John the 22nd ordered the feast for the entire Church on the first Sunday after Pentecost. The Feast of the Most Holy Trinity may well be thought of as the Church's Te Deum of gratitude for all the blessings of the Christmas and Easter seasons. For this mystery of the Trinity is a synthesis of Christmas, Epiphany, Easter, Ascension, and Pentecost. Now, if you've listened to the glory of the Mass before, you know that we focus on the parts of the Mass that are traditionally sung by a cantor or choir. There are ten of these. Five use texts particular to a day of the church calendar, and five others, called the Ordinary, whose texts are unchanging, are used at many different times of the Church here, such as today's famous Mass by the 16th century composer Giovanni Pierluigi da Palestrina. These ten alternate with one another throughout the Mass until the final distribution of the Eucharist at Communion. The first five of these are called the proper because the text of each is specific to the day it is sung. Today we'll hear four of these, the gradual, which follows the first reading, the Alleluia, which follows the second, the Offertory, sung while the gifts are being prepared for Communion, and the Communion, sung while the gifts are distributed to the congregation. I found a beautiful motet setting of the Offertory. The other three will be heard in traditional Gregorian chant. And we'll also enjoy all five parts of the Ordinary, the Kyrie, the Gloria, the Credo, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei, in the form of Palestrina's Missa, Papai Marcelli. Palestrina wrote this Mass in 1562 to honor Pope Marcellus II, who had reigned for three weeks in 1555. The Mass, written when Palestrina was 37 years old, was used for the installation ceremonies of subsequent popes. We'll begin with the curier. The Lord Have Mercy. The singers are the excellent Talus scholars of England. We've heard the beginning of Giovanni Palestrina's glorious Misa Papai Marcelli, the Curier. Next up is the Gloria, or Greater Doxology. Again, the music is Palestrina's, and the performers are the Talus Scholars. We've heard the Gloria of the Misa Papa Marcelli, the Pope Marcellus Mass, by Giovanni Pierluigi da Palestrina. Now we'll turn to the Mass proper. First, the gradual Benedictus S. Domine. Blessed are you, O Lord. This will be sung for us in Gregorian chant by Ars Nova Copenhagen. was the gradual for Trinity Sunday. Blessed are you, O Lord. The next piece, the Alleluia, borrows the same text but uses a different melody. Here the performers are the ensemble Cosmedine, the Austrian duo of Stephanie and Christoph Haas. was our Alleluia for today, Blessed Are You, O Lord, performed by the Ensemble Cosmedine. And this brings us to the midpoint of our Mass, the Nicene Creed or Credo. Here again, we'll return to Palestrina's Mass Ordinary. The Misa Papai Marcelli is his best known Mass, and it's often taught in university music courses. It's called a Mass Sine Nomine without name, because it does not draw its melodic material from a pre-existing source as so many Renaissance Masses did. It's primarily a six-voice Mass, but voice combinations are varied throughout the piece. Palestrina scores the second Agnus Dei, the Dona Nobis Pacem*, for seven voices, and the use of the full forces is reserved for specific climactic portions in the text. It is set primarily in a declamatory style, with little overlapping of text and a general preference for block chords, such that the text can clearly be heard in performance, unlike many polyphonic masses of the 16th century. The third and closing sessions of the Council of Trent were held in 1562 and 63, at which the use of polyphonic music in the Catholic Church was discussed. Concerns were raised over two problems. First, the use of music that was objectionable, such as secular songs provided with religious lyrics or masses based on songs with lyrics about drinking or fornicating. And second, whether imitation among the voice parts in polyphonic music obscured the words of the mass, interfering with the listener's devotion. Some debate occurred over whether polyphony should be banned outright in worship and some of the auxiliary publications by attendance of the council caution against both of these problems. However, none of the official proclamations from the council mentions polyphonic music, excepting one injunction against the use of music that is, in the words of the council, lascivious or impure. Starting in the late 16th century, A legend began that the threat that polyphony might have been banned by the council because of the unintelligibility of the words, and that this was the impetus behind Palestrina's composition of his mass. It was believed that the simple declamatory style of the Misa Papai Marcelli convinced Cardinal Carlo Borromeo, on hearing, that polyphony could be intelligible, and that music such as Palestrina's was all too beautiful to ban from the church." Jesuit musicians of the 17th century maintained this rumor, and it made its way into music history books into the 19th century when historians' biographies of Palestrina couched him as the savior of polyphony from a council wishing to wipe it out entirely. This legend persisted into the 20th century. Hans Pfitzner's opera Palestrina is based upon this misunderstanding of the deliberations of the Tridentine officials. While Palestrina sympathized with many of the Council's decisions and sought deliberately to compose in a simplified, easily understood style to please church officials, there's no evidence to support either the view that the Council sought to banish polyphony entirely or that Palestrina's Mass was the deciding factor in changing their minds. Still, it's a wonderful story. Here's Palestrina's Credo. We've heard the credo of Palestrina's Misa Papai Marcelli, expertly sung for us by the TALUS scholars. Now we come to the offertory proper of today's Mass for Trinity Sunday, Benedictus Sit Deus, Blessed Be God the Father. We hear a wonderful version of this by the young Wolfgang Leopold Mozart. The singers here are the Kölner Kammerchor. That was the offertory for Trinity Sunday, Blessed Be God the Father, as envisioned by Mozart. And this brings us to the next parts of today's Mass Ordinary, the Sanctus and Benedictus. Again, it's Palestrina's Pope Marcellus Mass and the Talus Scholars. We've heard the Sanctus and Benedictus of Palestrina's Pope Marcellus Mass. And this brings us to the part of the Mass that I believe Palestrina put the greatest part of his soul into, the Agnus Dei. These bits of music show him at his best, and the last Agnus Dei, the Dona Nobis Pacem, is the most densely written, although not dense sounding, movement in the entire Mass. Again, the Talus Scholars. We've heard the Agnus day of Giovanni Pierluigi da Palestrina's peerless Misa Papai Marcelli, the Pope Marcellus Mass, sung by the Talus scholars. Which brings us to the very last musical element of the Mass, the Communion proper. Today's text is data est mihi, from the Gospel of Matthew. All power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We'll hear this in traditional Gregorian chant. By the group Gloria dei Cantores. That was the communion proper for Trinity Sunday. All power has been given to me in heaven and earth. And with that, we've come to the end of our program for today. I hope you've enjoyed the chant, the motets, and Palestrina's Mass Ordinary for Trinity Sunday. And I hope you'll tune in next Sunday as we celebrate another very important feast day, Corpus Christi. You can listen again to this program or to any of our programs in this series and see our playlists by visiting our website at materdayradio.com. Once there, click on the programming menu and choose The Glory of the Mass 91. As always, we welcome your comments. You may email us at info at The Glory of the Mass is produced by Patrick Ryan for Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. I'm your host, Terry Ross, wishing you a lovely Trinity Sunday.
0: This has been The Glory of the Mass with Terry Ross, a weekly examination of the beautiful music of the sacred liturgy of the Catholic Church. For more information about this program, including a playlist from today's show, visit The Glory of the Mass online at MaterdayRadio.com. The Glory of the Mass is produced at the studios of Materday Radio in Portland, Oregon.